Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Joe Pizzapia here. And joining me on the program again is one of the best, and I mean this, the best fantasy football experts that there is, period, end of story. You know his work from fantasypros.com, from the podcast there as well. And he's also a contributor to my Fantasy Black Book 2020 on Amazon. And I am very, very grateful to have his knowledge in the book. And, of course, his face here on your screen. He's the one, the only Mike Tagliere. Mike, welcome to the program, my friend. I am more than happy to be here, Joe. We uh, we usually argue on my podcast, but it's good to be on your show. I could argue with you here. You know what's fun? You and I actually argue, but most of the time we agree about players. But yeah. when we get on a guy that we differ on, it's vicious. And that's why I love it. And I'll see. Who knows? Maybe we'll get a guy here in this conversation. We'll go at it. We'll go toe to toe. But this is what happens. We get two Italians talking about something they're passionate <laughs> about. We just start to lose our minds sometimes, but uh, let's let's dive into this. Let's dive into the rookies because I know last time we spoke, we talked about uh, you know some of the transitions of quarterbacks and how this lack of OTAs and how that kind of uh, can basically affect a lot of these guys. How is it going to affect this rookie class? Most importantly, let's start with the running backs and let's go through them because I know there's guys like Clyde Edwards-Alaire who are going already ADP through the roof. Uh, I know a lot of people are excited about Swift and Taylor and and even Akers and some other guys to a certain extent. So I know all of them ended up in some situations where there's at least another guy present in the offense. So take me through what your vision is, either individually or as a whole of this group, and how you're approaching them in 2020 drafts. Yeah, young running backs I'm willing to take a chance on. I think uh, sometimes you get a bad rap because there was someone bad. I remember when I first started playing fantasy football, people were drafting Ryan Matthews as like a top five oh, running back. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, like, and if, and if he busts, all of a sudden they have it in their mind that that's what happens all the time. It's really not the case. Uh, if you get a running back that's drafted with high equity, like someone like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, you want him in fantasy football. And that's why I'm not running from him this year. I know a lot of people have talked about Damian Williams, but guys, Andy Reid was upset with Damian Williams before the start of last season saying he couldn't stay healthy. And there's a reason that he was giving 31 year old ineffective LaShawn McCoy (laughs) touches over him throughout the season. Now, granted, yes, he got it done in the playoffs, but that was more out of necessity. The fact that a championship caliber team with holes in their defense, decided to use a first-round pick on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He's going to be used. He could be a league winner. Love him. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, right. another— Well, let's let's stop on him for a second. So how high are you willing to go on him? Like, wh- where are you at? Because I've seen, you know, I know, there's been some friends of ours in the industry that have pumped him up all the way into that first round. Are you that bullish, or are you not willing to go quite that high on him? No, you have to understand the risk when you're going into it. And it could be a situation where, you know, they do somewhat of a 60-40 split to start the season where Edwards Hilaire, I still believe that Edwards Hilaire starts as the the 55-45 guy on the better side of that timeshare. But at the same time, you have to understand there's risk. And my rule has always been, you can't win your fantasy championship in the first or second round, but you can lose it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Edwards Hilaire is someone to me that I, I, I've i kind of backed him into a, around that RB10 range, RB11. Uh, so he's a back end of the second round type guy, high end third round. Fortunately, in some of these drafts, like if you're in an industry league, a lot of these guys are dropping him down. The current expert consensus ranking on him is right around that RB15, RB16 range. Uh, so if I, at that point, you can usually get him in the middle, late third round. Uh, and yeah, I that's think where he, we have him in the black book, but I've seen yeah. him go way earlier than that. Yes. There's, some, there's some that are willing to take him at the turn. And I, under, I really do understand the thought behind it because there's really nothing that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire doesn't do better than Damian Williams. You know what I mean? So uh, he's like a modern day Ray Rice in terms of what he does mm-hmm. on the field. And uh, that means he can catch 80 passes out of the backfield. Right. He, could, he could be that Kareem Hunt style league winner from a couple of years ago. All right, let's go through the rest of them too. Taylor Swift, yep. who in this class too, are you looking for 2020 redraft leagues to maybe be that guy that like, I understand like Miles Sanders and Devin Singletary, those guys really came on more towards the second half of the season. Is there anybody who is poised to come out of the gate 
guns a blazing basically and kind of take over a role is it a cam makers is it somebody else we're not talking about it's Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is definitely the one. He's uh, he's another guy that I'm much higher than ADP on. I have him as my I think my RB 16 or RB 17 uh, in my in my rankings because again I'm I'm willing to bet on these young guys. And if you have a team like the Colts who have you know arguably the best offensive line in football. Uh, Marlon Mack is a guy that hasn't been able to stay healthy one and two. He hasn't been like over the top efficient. Uh, you have Naheem Hines in that roster. They were unwilling to give him any carries. Even when Mack was out of the lineup, they went to, you know, a, basically a guy off the street and Jonathan Williams. So drafting Jonathan Taylor at the top of the second round, he's the Nick Chubb of this offense. I really do believe that. And I believe he's going to get close to 250 carries in that first season. And he could eclipse 1200 rushing yards. Uh, but again, he's not going to do too much work in the passing game. That's why I, I said him and Nick Chubb are very similar to me in that aspect, mm -hmm. but Kareem Hunt, obviously better than someone like Marlon Mack and Jonathan Taylor playing behind a better offensive line. Love him. Deandre Swift. He was, I felt like an insurance play where him and carry on Johnson, very similar running backs. I don't know if I can say that one, I think Swift is probably better but he's not a lead at anything. He's just really good at a lot right. of things. And if he could stay healthy, that's what's going to keep him in the lead of that timeshare because carry on hasn't been able to do it. Uh, Cam Akers, you know, drafted in the second round. That's obviously huge when they already drafted uh, Daryl Henderson at the top of the third round. And people forget they traded up for Henderson last year. So mm -hmm. they were high on him. We didn't see him get a whole lot of touches, but to know that they spent a little bit more equity at running back, it tells me this is a bound to be a timeshare in that backfield. I really would like to stay away from it because I, I don't have faith in that offensive line. Again, Jared Goff, those guys took a step back last year. I, I kind of see that keep happening. That defense has taken a step back. The team as a whole has taken a step back. Uh, and then lastly, J.K. Dobbins is a guy that people are talking about. And this is one is difficult for me for because as well as Mark Ingram played last year, uh -huh. running back is a young man's game. Mark Ingram is going to be 31 years old. There were just two games in 2019 where they gave him more than 15 carries. They were sharing carries with Gus Edwards. You know, they were. Uh, they were. Justice Hill's going to get a couple touches here and there. I just worry about. I feel that like being, Mark Ingram kind of sticks the knife in you every year, though. Every year, like, ah, he's no good. He's done, whatever. And I keep drafting him just yep. because he goes so late. Where you look at it, and, you, and I think the same thing's true this year. If he gets suppressed even more this year. At least for the first six weeks of the season, I would draft him. And then injuries happen, things happen. You might have a trade ship there, Mark Ingram, potentially, too. Let's switch gears real quick and talk about some of the wide receivers. You know, I know, same kind of thing. Like, all these guys landed in spots that were a little strange. They all have, like, a weird caveat to them. I was looking at the Cowboy situation, you know, with Randall Cobb gone. That seems like there's opportunity for C.D. Lamb to get somewhere near that 800-yard threshold. There certainly seems to be some good offenses there where some of these guys have landed. But the question is who in 2020 has a real opportunity to kind of hit the ground running. So how do you look at the wide receiver rookie class this year in fantasy? Again, not so much in Dynasty, but just in redraft leagues. I didn't really love any of the landing spots for the top tier yeah, guys. It's tough, man. Very yeah, tough. It, Jerry Judy is one of the most complete wide receiver prospects I've ever seen. He could do it all. Uh, but again, you know, you're talking about some receivers that are coming into a situation where there is a 1A and sometimes a 1B receiver where you have, you know, he has Cortland Sutton to deal with. You have CeeDee Lamb going to deal with Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup. Gallup's been really good, like underrated good. And Amari Cooper, they just gave $100 million to. Uh, and then you like, so I, I look at those and I say, it's really going to be tough for them to surpass those other guys as target hogs. So they're going to be more streaming options in, in weeks that we anticipate a lot of pass attempts. Other guys that I'm looking towards now, Henry Ruggs is walking into a role that they, the, the Raiders really needed. And uh, so I, while I was not very particular, like over the top high on someone like Henry Ruggs, and I think the Raiders made a bad football choice when they chose him over Jerry Judy. I but agree. at the same time, when they take him at number 12, it tells you that they have a plan in place. And, you know, a lot of people out there, there's a misconception that Henry Ruggs is just a field stretcher. He's not. Uh, in fact, Jerry Judy had three times the amount of deep uh, deep balls that, that he did in college. He's the type of guy that basically you're looking for him to catch the ball at the line of scrimmage, maybe on a slant, and take the ball to the house. Derek Carr's average depth of target has been horrific. It's been continually low. That's why you see his completion percentage up there. That's why you see his yards per attempt, because he's completing those passes, and they're relying on rugs to basically make something after the catch. If he is getting six to eight targets per week, He's going to have those Deshaun Jackson type performances. He's going to have those Will Fuller weeks. Uh, so Henry Ruggs is someone who's being extremely undervalued where someone like Nicole Hardman is being drafted ahead of him with people hoping that they get mm. an electric player into more targets. You get that already with Ruggs. He's getting those targets. So I do like Ruggs as a sleeper. And if Alshon Jeffrey is not ready for the start of the season, and it seems more and more likely by the day that's going to be the case, 
Jalen Rager, he's a name to watch. <laughs> that was my next one to ask you because I was going to ask you, did they get the right guy there too? Because the Eagles have had all kinds of wide receiver issues. This was a, a year in the draft where you could have gone and addressed that. And I was surprised that that was the one that they selected and kind of scratching my head or all kind of looking around going, all right, well, I, I understand, you know, every scouting department's got their own flavor. Every offense has their own type of guy, quote unquote, that they want to go after. But what was it about Rager that they thought was going to – be their guy, quote unquote, yep. when when the rest of these guys out there seemed like maybe measurably wise that they might be better wide receiver prospects. I thought Justin Jefferson was a better pick for them. I thought he could have filled that slot role. Uh, See, and I know. love what he ended up. I actually think that's a guy nobody seems to be talking about, and he's going late. And that's a guy that I think in 2020 has a real shot to be productive. I worry about that because I know that wants to be a run first team. The question is, if that defense takes a big step back, like it's possible because, again, awesome. there's a lot of moving parts there. Uh, we could see the more targets come through. We could see Adam Thielen, who's dealt with a back injury, now 30 years old, uh, that him miss some games. And if he does miss some games, Justin Jefferson walks into a much bigger role. I just felt like Jefferson's versatility in terms of what he did as a big slot receiver at LSU. And also he could uh, he could move to the perimeter. He showed you the speed at the combine. So I, I felt like but I also liked Rager. I thought I thought Rager was moved down unnecessarily necessarily low after a poor combine uh, for running. I think it was a four, four when he was expecting to be like a four, two guy. Uh, but he he's fast on the field where it matters. So uh, I do like Rager's landing spot. I think his opportunity is going to be more so if Alshon's out of the lineup uh, than, than someone like Justin Jefferson. All right, look, we're almost out of time here again. We could do this all day, Mike. And I, so let's just hit some tight end real fast. And let's talk about, I know you like Hayden Hurst, but is there another guy in that tight end position that you think is somebody that if you miss out on that top tier or you don't want to pay that top tier price, or you potentially miss out on that next grouping of the Andrews and Waller group that you think you can get by a tight end who's a really good return in terms of ADP, that you like the offense he's in, that you like the opportunity that they have to score fantasy points. Is there somebody that you kind of have your eye on that maybe isn't as low as Hayden Hurst, but maybe not as high as the guys like Kelsey and Kittle at the top? Yeah, Hayden Hurst, I have as my number uh, seven tight end. So, I mean, again, so I'm, he's I'm, that I'm, guy. Wow. Yeah, uh, but seven. I've, he is that guy. I, 11, I mean, 12. Okay. If you wanted to choose between him and Tyler Higby, I think that's a situation where I think you can go with your gut on that one. Because Higby, okay. we have such a small sample size that I'm unwilling to pay up, uh, you know, a top tier tight end price. And with Hayden Hurst, you don't have to. You could take him as the tight end 10, and that's actually being safe. Uh, so he is someone that I anticipate moving up boards, but my my backup in case I'm drafting in a league with someone that, that believes as much as I do uh, is Jack Doyle. And I say Jack Doyle, he's been a guy that's finished as a top 10 fantasy tight end before. Right. We have Phillip Rivers in every year of Phillip Rivers' career outside of one, uh, which was when Hunter Henry went down uh, with a torn ACL. Every single year he's produced at least a tight end 11 or better. Wow. So, I, yeah, every single year of Rivers' career, it helps that he played with Antonio Gates. But Doyle has proven to do it with other quarterbacks. And let's not pretend that Trey Burton's going to come in and steal no. Eric Ebron production. And the no. best part, though, the best part about Doyle is that you're going to find out right away if he's getting those snaps. All right, he's Mike Tagliere. Go follow him on Twitter at Mike Tagliere. Go check out all his great work at FantasyPros.com and in the Fantasy Black Book. Mike, thanks as always for your time. Again, it's just we all feel smarter for having talked to you. Stick around on the grid. We'll be right back with more Fantasy Sports today right after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back. For those of you who are in the state of Illinois, congratulations. You can now bet on sports. Log on to the FanDuel Sportsbook. I know that they are active. You can sign up for an account there, of course. Even if you are in a state where you can't legally bet, I know Joe is in New Jersey, so he can have a FanDuel account. I still log on there every single day just to check the odds and what's going on. And a lot of it is fun to bring up here on this show and something that FanDuel has created over the last couple of weeks is more NFL content. Joe and I, on past episodes of this show, we've gone through a lot of the player propositions. And I understand there are some of you who are probably watching the show for the first time now. But there are some of you who do watch the show a lot and watch every day. And so we want to keep it the same for both of you. So here's the situation. If you're interested in player props and what we think about specific players and their totals in terms of yards and touchdowns, whether it's the veterans or rookies, 
go over to YouTube, log on to our Sports Grid channel, and subscribe to it, and click notifications, so every day when the show is over, you can see exactly what we're talking about. And if you want to learn about what we think about some of those, go back and watch those on demand, and you can catch them all. Uh, but for now, what we're doing is we're diving into the individual teams and whether or not, simply put, they will make the playoffs in 2020. If you missed Thursday's episode, we covered the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, the summary on that one essentially was, uh, Joe and I think there certainly is a chance that they could make the playoffs, but there was just simply put, no way we're laying on a no uh, minus 300 to win $100 on a bet like that. It's just It just wasn't really wise. Now, maybe we'll feel differently about today's. So we go from the Arizona Cardinals, and let's move on to the Atlanta Falcons, who have had a lot of playoff appearances in recent history. Uh, not a lot of success. Last year, the first half of their season was an unmitigated disaster. People were calling for the head of the head coach, and their defense couldn't stop anybody. And then all of a sudden, uh, the second half of the season, the Falcons looked like a completely different team, and it looked like if they kept playing, they may make the playoffs. But is that fool's gold? Was that the record? Well, we'll dive into that, because if you bet the Atlanta Falcons to make the playoffs this year, and you bet 100 bucks, you win 210 You double your money. That's a good bet. Uh, the no, also not a great bet on this one because that's the overwhelming favorite, but not quite as much. FanDuel basically thinks that the Falcons have a little bit of a better shot of making the playoffs than the Cardinals. I'm not even sure that I would agree with that, but that's the way that they see it. And as you can see, the last playoff appearance that the Falcons had was back in 2017. So, Joe. <laughs> Joe oh, and what and happened they, that year, by the way, Craig? Hmm. Did they lose the Super Bowl in heartbreaking fashion? Because I believe they did. Was it that year that was yes. the Super Bowl? That was yes. it? Okay. That was it, my friend. <laughs> okay, so that the was next it. year after the Super Bowl, Matt Ryan threw for a career low 20 touchdowns. The defense completely imploded after that incredible comeback from Brady. They did not recover that entire season. They had a couple key injuries to some of the young pieces on that defense, and everything just basically fell apart ever since. Right. If I, I'll give you my opinion on this. I don't yeah. like the yes, and I don't like the no. But I would tell you this. If there was a bet between the two teams that we've discussed as we've started talking about the playoffs, and I could put straight-up odds of Arizona versus Atlanta and have Atlanta as a favorite and take Arizona as the underdog to make the playoffs, that's what I would do. Because I do think that the Cardinals have a better shot of making it than the Falcons. I think that there's a chance that what we saw the last seven games of last year was a mirage. I really don't like this team. I don't think they're going to make it this year. Well, it's difficult when you see a team start two and six and then finish six and two. You don't know who they are. They don't know who they are. I don't know. I don't and, know. But, and, but I, and, I like right. Arizona, the direction they're going. Now, look, they, they did address some of the issues they've had defensively, but not enough. Uh, the biggest problem with the Atlanta Falcons for me has been, for quite some time, two things. Number one, they don't tackle well. When you watch them, especially in the secondary there's more arm tackling in the secondary than <laughs> when you're out there playing Thanksgiving football with all your relatives trying to like uh, whacking around with each other. No, it's terrible. The other thing they don't do very well is stop running backs to catch the ball in the backfield. They have run amok on them. It's one of those things on the DFS shows here on the network that ever I'm on. We always try to target those running backs who catch the ball in the backfield against the Falcons because it is money in the bank every single time. Now, what I think the Falcons have going for them is looking around the rest of these divisions here because – I, I still think there's only one team that's going to come out of the East. I still don't think that the Eagles and the Cowboys are both going to be playoff teams this year. I think somebody's going to finally beat up on somebody. I can't tell you which one it's going to be. I don't think anyone can, but it's just too weird of a thing for they're going to both be as impotent as they were last year, trying to basically win that division that everybody kept giving it back and forth to each other. Uh, when you look at this too, you also have to take into account what you think the Tampa Bay Bucks are going to be. And if you think Tom Brady is going to go in there and make them a great playoff team and all of a sudden, then I don't think you go anywhere near this Falcons number. But if you think there's a lot of hype and a lot of smoke around the Tampa thing, then this is the bet for you. And I'm, I'm telling oh, you. It, I don't know. They could split. Oh, they could split. They could. However, I'm not talking even about them playing each other. I'm talking about, again, the frequency of getting multiple teams, two to three teams in the same division making the playoffs. It's not always something you see of the third team. So if you think that Tampa is going to struggle against some other teams and you think Brady is not going to assimilate as quickly as maybe everybody else just auto automatically assumes, then I think there are some options here. I like what you said about the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals are a, a handful because the Cardinals have something that I think a lot of teams lack is they have an enormous amount of speed on that team. When you talk about Hopkins, 
You talk about Kurt. You talk about Kyler Murray. You talk about Nuke. I mean, these. I mean, Kenyon Drake is uh, another guy too. Like, there's just a ton of speed. And what we've learned about this era in the NFL with the rule changes, speed kills. Now, this team in the Allen Falcons has two great wide receivers. There's no doubt about that. They have a great quarterback in Matt Ryan who's been there for a, a very long time now and deserves a lot of credit. He's had some huge seasons. Nobody throws the ball more than them. But you're going to have to be betting on Todd Gurley. You're going to have to be betting against Tom Brady, the Buccaneers, and all that sideshow, what that's going to be. And I just think this is a number you kind of stay away from. If I prefer the odds to somebody, I think I'm with you on Arizona over Atlanta. But again, this that, is... That bet doesn't exist. But but, yeah. but if, if it did, I'd bet it. Yeah. Rule, rule of thumb for me is that you ask yourself this question about, about, you know, both, and a good comparison is Arizona. Is Arizona on the way up or are they on the way down? I think unequivocally, even if they don't make the playoffs, everyone would say they're on the way up. Seven and nine, what, we'd all look what at What would you say, say about Atlanta? On the come. Absolutely. You know Atlanta within a year or two. I think they're a, a team two, hanging on by a thread. They're a team they're on hanging the way on down. by And you don't, bet, you don't bet on the yes on a team on the way down. You know it's going to happen. I mean, whether it's this year or next or the year after, Atlanta is very close to having to tear it apart. I mean, they are. And and maybe and, – and the only reason why I think they didn't is because they finished so strong last year. And the owner is really good. Blank wants to win. I you know I give him credit. He's always a guy that doesn't want to enter a season with a bad yeah. team. But I, I'm just not a believer at all uh, in the Falcons. But, again, I'm also not stupid. I'm not laying 300 to win 100. All right. Uh, moving on from the Falcons, let's go over to the uh, Chicago Bears. And FanDuel sees this a lot murkier than they do some of the other teams that we have discussed so far. So it's worth a conversation. So Chicago Bears odds to make the playoffs in 2020. The yes is plus 140. So you bet 100 to win 146. And the no is not unreasonable also. You would lay minus 178 to win 100. And the staggering you know, tidbit here is that the Bears have only made the playoffs once since 2012, and it was two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um uh, 2018, when Khalil Mack had that unbelievable season, was Defensive Player of the Year, and certainly their defense carried them over the yeah, course. They had of the years. game too, the missed field goal game. That's what yeah, they did. And, and Trubisky, by the way, was good too. So, uh, and by the way, we'll talk about this later. But on Fanduel, uh, Foles is the favorite to start, not Trubisky. I thought that was interesting. I didn't, I didn't think that that would have been the case, but it is. He's the so, favorite. That's very interesting. Foles is the favorite to start. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought yeah. that either. I think that's yeah. kind of. And wow. that tells me Paul's going to start because you know, <laughs> the books don't make odds to lose. So. Well, and you know what? If that if it tells you that, that's something that I think you bake in a little bit to your Allen Robinson shares. Because if you if Allen Robinson is the receiver you're on the fence about, and I think you, you – I don't know about you. But well, wasn't like he great receiver? anyway? He was great anyway. But yeah, what I'm saying to you is, well, he wasn't great. He was good regardless. But is there a chance there? I mean, I don't want to overrate <laughs> the other quarterback here at all, Nick Folk. But I mean, do Please you think don't. there's do you think there's that little thing where maybe what, you feel Rob? more confident? No, I'm just think more confident. I, I don't. I don't feel one way or the other after okay. what I saw from Foles last year. No, I mean, uh, Allen Robinson had 98 catches, 1147 yards, and seven touchdowns. I mean, that's wide receiver two in every fantasy. I know. I know it's it's stunning, and he was so good. But like, I think all of us are looking around, like, well, how is the shoe going to drop here? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, so and so it's anyway, um, in Philadelphia, so anyway, correct way that out. Good point. Specifically, specifically on the Bears, this is this is tough. They've made some coaching changes. I understand with John DiFilippo. Um, I, I still would have to lean no. I I, don't, I just cannot. I mean, I, I'm, not on, I'm not sold on the coaching at all. There's no, I, I was, I'm just watching just disaster of the, I mean, there's no way they should have stuck with Trubisky all last year. I don't care who was behind him. They should have tried They should have put Tariq Cohen a quarterback. They should have tried something else. They were on the cusp of the playoffs six games in a row last year just by scratching out a win. Um, you know, forcing Montgomery, like, after it was very clear that he wasn't looking that good. He was just forcing the issue with this guy almost to prove that he was worth the draft pick. They didn't corral Miller at all, and, and he was, you know, getting personal fouls all the time and doing crazy. I don't know. I, I, I think I would have to predict that Nagy is going to get canned, and I think that it's a no for me. I think the Bears are not going to make the playoffs. It'd be my, it's not something I would bet. Again, the odds are still too high for me to on, on a bet like this, minus 178. I would definitely lean toward no. Yeah, I have a hard time with this one, too. I definitely think this is it for Matt Nagy, unfortunately. A guy who had a lot of hype around him. Things looked good early on. 
Uh, everyone was excited about Trubisky. Everyone was excited about Nagy, and he came over from that Andy Reid offense in Kansas City and was doing great things with Alex Smith. And, oh, he's going to do such good things here. I think this is his last hurrah, too, unfortunately, and I don't think the Bears are a playoff team. Who's in uh, more hot water, too? Is it Nagy or Sean McVay? I know McVay did get to the Super Bowl, but I don't know, man. Things seem like Nagy. spiraling there. That's a, I still say that. Scenario. Keep an eye on him. Just saying. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, I think, I think, I, I think though, if the Rams were seven and nine or eight and eight, I, I don't think that that would cost him. I, I, I think that if the Bears were seven and nine or eight and eight, I think it would cost. You know what him. he's got that Nagy doesn't have is the luxury of the rookie QB. Of well, we, he's got to de- give him time to develop the rookie quarterback. That's the one thing you can keep in your back pocket as a coach. Is like, well, we're not going to be good right now. But just wait till next year. It's like the guy selling vacuum cleaners or encyclopedias back in the day who comes knocking at your door. And he's like, well, it's okay, but this, this quarterback's going to turn around the whole organization, just give you a little bit more time. And it's an old trick, but I think it's going to work actually for McVay this year for sure because I don't think they're going to win. Did you ever buy encyclopedias or books from the I didn't the- buy one, but we had encyclopedias in my house. That's how I we, think we may have papers. bought. I think we may have bought. Oh, my gosh. I, I remember we inherited a, a set of them, and that's how every research paper – Well. Go to the encyclopedia. Da, 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 da. You didn't go to the library. Now everyone's just going on the Google. My daughter and I were watching a movie yesterday, and uh, it was like a movie from the 90s, and someone was typing something into a database of something, and she turned to me and goes, she says, is that Google? I said, no, there wasn't Google. She goes, what do you mean there wasn't Google? How did you I find know, out anything? I said, we had to go to the library. <laughs> Crazy times for sure. Oh, and uh, and after pathetic. all that time, we're back home yet again. That's right. All right. So uh, we'll be back with more fantasy sports today. Mike Taglieri joined us earlier. We kick around a little bit more baseball talk and some football talk before Gray Albright joins us at the bottom of the hour. We'll be back after this. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're watching SportsGrid. Get on the grid. I'm not sure what's happening around the country with bear attacks, but I uh, texted my uh, friend from the Miami Herald, Barry Jackson. He didn't respond right away. Uh, Barry Jackson writes. Well, I hope he wasn't under a bear attack. That's not why he didn't. Well, well, he was at Yellowstone and he said the day before he was attacked by a bear. And I'm like, what? And he's like, I'll tell you all about it when I get back. But basically, I'm like, where's the pictures? He's like, I was too scared. But meanwhile, another story came out also in California uh, yesterday uh, where a 19 year old woman fell asleep in her uh, backyard chair on Monday night. The fish and wildlife uh, captain told uh, CNN and she woke up to the sound of a bear approaching her. It immediately attacked, scratched her. She reached over to the side table, grabbed the laptop, smashed the bear, and the bear ran away. How about that? <laughs> there you have it. Technology, once again, saving the world. Saving the world through science and technology. What would, you, what would you do with a bear attacking uh, Well, I live in New Jersey. I've, I've seen a bear in, in a neighborhood where I used to live in another town in a little bit more north from here. Was it big, to the small? It was, uh, I, I don't have a lot of frame of reference with size of bears. Um, I would say it was more Mike Singletary size than uh, William or Fred or Shay or Perry size. Okay, uh, all right. So if uh, we're looking at those kind of bears. I mean, Singletary had me a big bear right there. Right? I was saying, it was a good size bear. And I saw it and I, I went, oh my God, that's a bear. And I just turned right back around and went in my house and okay. I called whoever it was supposed to call. And uh, it was... But again, it's like you, these people that get infatuated with this and, and the, like a lot of people show up on the side of roads to to watch bears and, and they like attack and really hurt people. Like, I, I don't understand. Like, you know what, what I'm what, attached to my life. I like breathing in and out. Uh, Brett, by the way, uh, just being Johnny on the spot here, asked a great question. Who would win a fight? The real bear or Dicka? I got my money on Dicka. Just want to tell you. Yeah, you went with the Singletary, I thought there. But yeah, no, I. A lot of bear attacks uh, lately. I, well, I, I, I gotta tell you, I, I, everyone, my 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 kids think I'm a little crazy, but I am. But I keep telling them every time I'm outside, 
I feel like there is more squirrels than there were last year, more groundhogs. Oh, more, well, no one's outside. More I mean, birds. That's, that's like People aren't driving cars as much. Things haven't gotten road killed as much. It is like wild America in my backyard. You know what we have here? We have frogs like crazy here now. That's like, a funny one. Like, I know every, you every, 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 that freeze. That was oh, a fun every, couple weeks we'll, still, we'll have that again coming up. But in oh, in July, but in June every year in my uh, community because we live basically basically where I lived was essentially a swamp at one point, you know. <laughs> um, so we have once a year it gets super hot after the rain and all the crabs come up, the blue crabs come up from under the ground because it's just too hot between the water right. and the sun and they get like steamed out and then they come up and they're all over our community for like and it hasn't really happened yet in June, but. All of a sudden, there's been a million frogs, uh, like tree frogs, like all over our windows and, and every time it rains. And I've never seen that it's before. Crazy. I actually saw. And, and there were a couple in my garage. My wife's like, they're spiders. I'm like, they're frogs. They're not spiders. <laughs> well, that's that's troubling. If your wife is having trouble identifying frogs She's from yelling, spiders. yelling, screaming, come down and get these spiders. I'm like, they're frogs. It's so a frog. Still, get them out of here. Get them out of here. <laughs> I'm like, all right. So I pick up the frog and let it go. <laughs> you picked it up with your bare hands. That's pretty massive. No, I get a, I get a uh, you know, a, a paper towel or something, you know. <laughs> well, I actually just just yesterday morning was having coffee outside, looking outside the uh, the sunroom area, looking out of the pool, and uh, I saw one of the squirrels trying to drink uh, from the pool, as these squirrels are one to do, which is irritating to me. And another oh, one of his yeah. little friend, I don't, I don't want him drinking my pool water. I, you know, just just get out of the pool. Anyway, this little squirrel friend right up behind him must have scared the hell out of him. Right into the pool. The guy goes right into the pool, and he's trying to swim his way out, and it was very amusing. And then I thought, oh, my God, I hope he gets out. Otherwise, I'm going to have to go down there and fish yeah, out a live squirrel. Luckily, he made his way out on his own. I continue to drink my coffee, and it just becomes a very What a great funny, day. That's a great right, start. It's an America. I wish I had the camera going, right? That would have been $100,000 in America's Funniest Home Videos. The little squirrel friend knocking his friend in there. I feel like if I was trying to get a drink, you would probably push me into the pool. I'm pretty sure no, that. No, would. I wouldn't do that. Yeah, no. you, yeah, you would. <laughs> I, de I, def I definitely don't see a problem with a with an animal drinking pool water, though. I don't know why you have such I don't a think it's, not, it's, not like, it's not that. I just work really hard to keep the pool clean, and God knows, you get the frogs in it, you get the mice in it, you get all kinds of things when you have mice? Your pool. Oh yeah! Oh my God! The mice and oh, anybody who lives in New Jersey will tell you once every you know two weeks there's something in there, and it either is a live one or it is a a former one. And you gotta, you know, you gotta take them out before everybody goes swimming. Make sure, but it happens. It happens. This is this is it. This is when no above ground pools. This is the in the ground pool situation. That's the situation we're dealing with here. Oh yeah, we have that here here in uh, in in Florida. But we don't have the iguanas freezing. That's still the thing to me. And I That's believe coming up soon. You did send me the picture, did you not? The, the I did. I did you send did. you the video. There were a million of them all over the place. It was yeah. haunting. Uh, it was. I, I I asked for it. I don't know I where all I... the iguanas have been. Maybe you know I haven't been out, so I don't know. Maybe that's probably a bad. <laughs> Isn't that a song from the '90s? Where have all the iguanas gone? I feel like it was. It was. Yeah. <laughs> you know, leave it to us because nobody can. I mean, this is hard-hitting sports really entertainment is. here. This is what people tune in for. You have mentioned people might be tuning this is in. Ninety for the first days time. in. This, this is, is my this might be the this last. Is, time. This is my 90th day at home. This is it. Oh, no. are you actually like right. in prison, like crossing the things off? Like, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I have chalk in my office. <laughs> one by one. Oh, lots of hash marks there. Lots of. I mean, yeah. I, I, I didn't even bother counting. I don't care. I'm just. What's today? All I can deal with is today. I try not to get too far ahead of myself because, because uh, that's life. That's. That's fair, fair enough. But, we, fair but enough. look, we, even if we don't have football, we might have hard knocks. That's a positive, right? I saw that today. So you're gonna well, get. How can we have hard knocks with no football? Well, I don't know. I mean, even if football gets canceled, you maybe it's zoom, zoom hard camp. knocks. I don't know. There's a whole zoom. Maybe it's what would have happened in training camp, and they've got two teams. And I got to ask you, do you think they went with the two teams because they thought, well, you know, just in case, we kind of hedge our bets, or That's did they want to? Or did they want to tell the tale of two teams in one city and how the the Preparation's different, maybe. I don't know. Uh, look, it, it's all hard to say, but I think that they've been doing it long enough to know when it's time to change the formula a little bit. And I don't think this is a jumping the shark situation. It just sounds like they wanted to try something different. Yeah, I think you have enough personalities on both sides, and the Chargers are certainly going through a transitional time, having the same quarterback for almost 20 years and now having a new one there. And also in Los Angeles, it is the Rams, right? The second team? It's the Rams and the Chargers, both okay, LA Yeah, teams. and with the Rams, McVay is a good personality, and mm -hmm. 
you know, they have you know other you know decent personalities there too, and, and a new stadium. And if all of this happens and and they play a, a season, then I think it'll be fine. Yeah, I imagine McVeigh is a tough guy to be married to, you know, because he never forgets anything. So if he ever do anything wrong, he's always going to bring it up in an argument. I imagine it's going because whenever they run those things like, well, it was, uh, you know, October of 2004, you ran a play and he knows exactly what play it is. It's kind of terrifying. I imagine it's a very difficult situation for him to be, uh, you know, potentially you know, in an argument with because he's always going to remember what happened. It's, that's kind of frustrating, I think, for a marriage. He must because like, because he knows he knows what really happened. But he might have to say, you know what, I'm wrong. I'm sorry. He might have to do that anyway. Just just putting that out there. It, it, it could be. What it, uh, you know, yesterday we spent so much time talking about Dr. Anthony Fauci's comments about Major League Baseball, and so he pleasured us with uh, <laughs> with with yesterday with basically quantifying that uh, discussion by saying, well, someone asked him, you said that baseball, uh, you know, couldn't play. Well, what about football? And he's like, oh no 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 no, <laughs> we can't play football either. Um, you know, unless they do the same thing, like quarantining and all of that. And that just, you know, Pro Football Talk, I think, reported that yesterday. And that just, like, was a punch in the gut to read that. And, and look, I understand that there's a chance he's not right. Of course there's a chance he's not right. There's also a chance that he is. But while I do strongly feel that football's going to play, and I, I feel very confident in that, like, the longer this goes with no resolution and spiking levels, the more I get a little bit worried. So in this case, I'm particularly hopeful that he is wrong. I do believe there will be a football season. I strongly believe there'll be a football season, but I think I went from maybe 100% to like 95. It's kind of where I'm Yeah, I, I'm still at 100 that they're going to play football. They're going to find a way once a week somewhere to play a game because it's the NFL and because the NFL has all of the means and the tools and most importantly, the control over itself to do whatever it's going to do, however it wants to do it. And that's the difference between NFL and some other sports is, is they're in complete and total control of what's happening um, outside of obviously illness and, and the virus. Now, I think the science of what Dr. Fauci is saying is absolutely true, because if you look at the same thing that happens with the flu every year, it comes back in the fall. And there are some years where strains of the flu come back worse, some where it does not. You have to hope that all of the quarantining and all of the flattening of the curb that does actually, you know, help that, that, you know, that you didn't have as many people as seriously exposed. And I think what you're seeing now is it's running through places like Alabama and Florida and Texas and as it's moving its way through the South. My guess is it was in, you know, this area where I am in New York, New Jersey, far before we knew about it. I think the scientists will tell you that too. It was probably here in December. And, you know, it was it probably worked its way through more than we realized. And I think it's more difficult to deal with in these compact city areas as opposed to more wide open spaces. So Look, whatever it ends up being, the NFL is going to have a plan. They have a lot more time than everybody else to think of a plan B, a plan C, a plan D, and then be able to implement those. So in the sense, they are, I think, uh, working with so much more time and so much more preparation than any other league. Baseball was basically ready to go play and then had to stop. Uh, so I think they were basically at their backs against the wall a little bit, whereas the NFL has a lot more time to get plans in place. And I think that's why I'm still 100% about it. But let's not, let's not, you know... Forget that science is science. If I drop this microphone on the floor, it's gravity. It's going to fall. Science tells me that. And if science tells you the virus will return, you have to be aware of that. What degree it returns to, that remains to be seen. But again, that's Mother Nature. And Mother Nature is always ahead of uh, medicine, unfortunately. I think we're going to find out in a month from now, like that movie, was it uh, Jodie Foster with Contact? Like after, you know, <laughs> you know in, in, the, in the movie where that thing, that thing blows up and they're like, oh, we're done. We got nothing. And they're like, no, we have another ship, but we didn't tell anybody. I think like in a month from now, we're going to learn that the NFL has built three stadiums within a 20 mile radius. <laughs> that's right. Well, remember and, UFC and, bought and an island. I mean, they could that, buy a That's what's going to happen. They and and they, they announced that we're going to play the games Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I already four told games, you, steroids are going to save us. Like, I saw the BBC report, this low-grade steroid. On Fantasy Sports Today, as we continue our long-running joke <laughs> of the baseball season. It will continue uh, after this, so make sure you stay tuned. Uh, also, we will be back for our weekend edition of the show, so make sure you tune in on the weekend. Joe also has his Diamond Bet show where he's covering a lot of Major League Baseball, also some futures bets as well, over-unders on season win totals. So Whatever that number is. That. <laughs> Whatever the number is, make sure that you catch that as well. Also, follow our new channel over on YouTube. It is our Sports Grid radio channel. 
Scott Farrell, Gabe Morency, Scott Wetzel, and all of the hosts that are on Sports Grid Radio. You can find their shows over there as well. We'll be back after this right here on Fantasy Sports Today. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Our next guest has a $2.5 million baseball card collection that he hasn't seen in 17 years. And he joins <laughs> us now on the show to break it all down. No, he joins us on the show every week. Uh, having fun with us here on the program. It's now the longest running joke in the history of Sports Grid that every Friday Gray appears on the show and we get closer to a baseball season. And we think that one of these Fridays, Gray and I are going to have a real fantasy baseball breakdown and conversation in fact when i first approached gray about coming on the show about seven eight ten weeks ago uh, on the tv side i said it'll be great because when there's baseball it'll be back and we'll be talking about that oh it's probably going to be next week and next week and next week and next week <laughs> and here we are gray uh back again in potentially uh really the most annoying time in baseball history that i can remember that i think we have achieved it yeah, no, definitely. It is uh, it's super annoying because I mean they're they're gonna get on the same page, but right now they're negotiating in the public. So everyone, you know, with each thing that someone says, like the players will say, No, we won 70 games, and the owners will say, Oh, that's the worst proposal I've ever heard in my life. Forget it. We only will do 60. Like, what? <laughs> it's right there. Uh, yeah, I mean, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's like, no, you you don't go from like 60 to 70 and it becomes a good proposal to the worst proposal you've ever heard. Like, we, we, can do, we, we can do your baseball cards, Gray. We could do your uh, your Daryl your Daryl Strawberry rookie card. You're you're a kid. You're at the you're at the show. And then you, how much for the Strawberry rookie card? Five dollars. Five dollars. You're out of your mind. I would never pay you five. I'd only pay you three for that card. Are you crazy? That's horrible. Right. I mean, I know. What? Like so, just do four and call it a day. Like what the heck? And 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 I, and the other thing I don't a couple of things that you mentioned, Gray, that's really baffling to me. The first is these these press releases. Like, I mean, how many of these are we getting a day now? We got two yesterday from Tony Clark, another one from Rob Manfred, and yeah. they're all public. And it, this is playing out so publicly at this point. That's the first thing. Second thing, Gray, is that you well, you hold on, so you fly all the way to Arizona and you leave without a deal. Like, I'm not. You should never. You can't leave, right? Like, what? Well, I don't get it. Uh, no, I no, I agree. You would think there would be a little bit of urgency to want to have a season. So, you know, it's like if you're uh, flying to Arizona to buy a used car, for instance, and you work out a deal and you're happy with it and you're like, hey, I got my uh, Miata <laughs> or whatever you bought. And... Uh, and then you get, leave the uh, showroom and you get on the plane, you fly home. You're like, yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Like, what? <laughs> you just went, you went there to negotiate. That's what you were doing there. So why didn't you just close the deal when you were there? Eh, no, I, I liked it, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense, really. I mean, there's a uh, and the whole in the in the public makes it for. You know, everyone then goes to like, oh, my God, there's not going to be a season. It's like just because they said that yesterday doesn't mean there's not going to be a season. It's like they're just negotiating. That's what happens. You're just seeing all the nuts and bolts of it, which is right. unfortunate, really, because it makes everyone look really bad. I yeah, mean, it does. I don't think, it does. I don't yeah. Think anyone's coming out of this looking good. No, because the, on the player side, they give the negative parts to the media to report, and and on the owner side, they do the same thing, and it just goes back and forth. And we're hearing all the negative on both. Uh, you know, t uh, two days ago, Rob Manfred looked like, you know, the worst guy in the world, 
the players in the last 24 hours now all of a sudden when and where not anymore we want more games now they don't look good it's like wait a second i thought that you'd say that you'd play whenever you want so you know we're, we're actually we might not look good because when someone watches this on saturday they may be like what are they talking about there's a season <laughs> it could be it, it could it could very well we have editors for that, for that i mean that's like where we're at at this point like at any at any moment we could have a season like we could in the middle of us talking there could be like an announcement say yeah there's a season at some point it's coming what i, oh, I the, actually the most realistic thing i heard was uh from one of your ex uh, talk show hosts, uh, uh, partners, uh, Bowden, I believe, said that, you know, the owners are delaying just because they only want to do a certain number of games. And if they agree now, then it makes no sense for time-wise. Like, they have to delay until a certain point. So this way, 60 games be- hits up, it, it butts against uh, September 27th, the end of the season. So that actually made the most sense to me. It, it does, except for the players' counter for that uh, is that we'll bake in uh, a doubleheader a week for every team to get the extra games in. <laughs> right. they, I know. they have something for everything, you know? I know. It's actually, it really is hard to root for either side, but it really makes the owners look it doesn't make the owners look good when it's like you own a baseball team and you want less baseball. Like I get why <laughs> they don't want to pay the money, but I mean, come on. It's like, you're seriously, you're a billionaire and you want, and you own a baseball team and you don't want the team to play another game. Like, yeah. Uh. Yeah. Well, great. There are teams that are not going to compete in a, in a 20, 40 or 60 game season and their payroll is 200 million. And so a prorated of that is $100 million. And you ask yourself, great, with no fans in my stadium, would I rather pay my pay these guys $100 million or pay nothing? Right. It's sad, but it's business. You know, it's like, I know. What, what, would I rather have $98 million or not have $98 million? <laughs> I'd rather have $98 million. Like, I'm not so sure about this season. That's a, uh, that is uh, roughly 70 times the value of my baseball card collection. So... Almost. Did you ever get a hold of that thing or no? <laughs> no, I'm never getting. How would I? Get, my baseball cards are with my mom in New York, and oh, right now okay. with the pandemic, unless I'm driving across the country and peeing in a water bottle, I'm never like. Right. I'm not using a public restroom right now, and I'm not getting on a plane, so I don't know how I'm getting to the East Coast. I don't know. I heard Tout Wars. We have to redo all the drafts <laughs> on a plane. That was their new plan. <laughs> New it's gonna be all right. It's gonna be fine. Everything will be fine. We're gonna get everyone together. On a- we're just gonna go. We're, and, and even if there's not gonna be a draft, we're just gonna go and have to see everybody and have a good time. <laughs> oh man, I know. I I, I actually I I've gone back. I've rolled back on my. Uh, I I don't know if you remember, but I was against redrafting. Now. I'm completely for redrafting. <laughs> we did three weeks of you wanting to know, never redraft. You're like, oh, no, we can't do it. I like my team. Three weeks later, Gray Albright doesn't even know who's on his team. <laughs> I still right. like my team. I told you you were going to come around. I told you. you know, no, I still like my teams. But honestly, it doesn't make any sense to have those teams anymore. Like, if you were to have a season, because at some point – when they do announce a season, there's going to be guys like, say, Mike Trout, who's going to be like, I'm not playing this year. It's not fair That's to people who drafted Mike Trout. If, if he does say he's not playing. Uh, hey, I'll, t- I'll tell you the other thing. That's the other huge mistake that the, the people who think they're smart in the fantasy, fantasy industry are going to make. The mm-hmm. second the season gets announced, you're going to start hearing about all of these drafts. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and you shouldn't do it right now. Wait until the night before the season starts. What is the point? I mean, are you kidding me? We never even got the spring training. We don't know who's going to play. We don't know who's not going to play. We don't know who's going to get kicked out. But, but that but fantasy, we got to start drafting again right now. We got to do it. Why? Wait, like, wait, like two days before the season, get everybody together. That's when you do it. But you, we, don't but, know who, we don't know who Miguel Sano is going to kidnap. There's yeah, a lot of people <laughs> There's many, there's many facets to this we just don't know yet. No, no, a lot of it is uh, definitely there. Anything good on TV for you? I know that you're uh, in, in uh, Southern California moving around a little bit. Yeah, any, any, actually, I do. I do have, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen it. What We Do in the Shadows on Hulu is like one of the best shows I've seen in a long time. Is it? 
Wow. Well, I, I take your recommendation seriously. So. It is so funny. It's a comedy. It, it's as funny as The Office, I think. Really? Wow. That yeah. kind of accolade to it. It, it is really good. good. Never heard of it at all. No? Oh, man. You're going to be in for a real pleasure. It's only like, I want to say 20 episodes total, too. So, and a half an hour. So you could fly through it. Okay. Well, I'll yeah. definitely check them out. Really uh, are, are you guys at Razzball? In I, I know that I've been seeing a lot of football stuff lately. Are you guys like? In, are yeah. you, have you jumped into that yet? Yeah, yeah. We're uh, we're starting to roll out football content. We uh, I think we just released our uh, projections. That's another sport where I don't know if it's gonna happen. But I, I mean, seriously, it's like it, like nothing is certain anymore. I know I, nothing's certain. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, we started rolling out our projections. We have our uh, depth charts up, and uh, we're starting to get together for the uh, the Raz Bowl, which we uh, we do every year, which is a uh, a large contest amongst. I think you're in it, right? Yes, yes, I've been in it the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah. So we do that, and yeah, it's been good. I, uh, you know, I I really just want baseball. I want baseball just to begin. Like I just want to get past the uh, the negotiations. I they, know. Well, you know, it's like that's. That's really my love is baseball. Like I, everything else, I mean, even my wife. No, it, <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it is it is for me too, Gray. You know, the other day, uh, Joe and uh, Pizza P and I were talking, and uh, or I don't know if it was I don't remember who I was saying to, but I was like, "What you do? You believe that you actually have people that are going to be complaining that the season's only sixty something games after all of this?" I go, "That's that's not enough. We need more. It's got to uh, be more." I want to throw something at that person. You kidding right? me? We have oh no, nothing God. on TV. I know. No I, I lost it a little bit today on Twitter. I was saying, like, you know, for all the people taking a victory lap that there's not going to be baseball season, like, are they now retracting that? Like, for so long, people are like, oh, there's not going to be – and big baseball fans saying – big guys I know who are baseball fans saying, oh, there's not going to be a season. It's like, I don't know either way. I mean – at least say you're not sure, but to say there's not going to be a season and to like uh, drum down enthusiasm, it's like, no, why would you do that? Like, it's like, are you that miserable? And it's the same, and it's those same people that watch the World Series and they complain that John Smoltz doesn't like the game and John Smoltz is too (laughs) negative and he should be, I mean, it's the same people that do it. You can't win with these people. I mean, a month from now, the 19th, 20th of July, if we're watching live baseball games on TV and so, there's only 60 of them, I'm okay with that. I'd be so happy. I'd be overjoyed. Oh, my God. I'd be so happy. I mean, honestly, last 60 games of the season, I mean, the season's long. I'm, I'm all for 60-game season. Let's see what happens. I'm for, like, I mean, I think it'll be fun, even if it'll be a little bit more ridiculous than usual because there's going to be a lot of sample size issues with, like, guys hitting 400. and maybe We all know. We know, though. But that is fine. That's part of the fun. I'm I'm excited for, like, a season where, like, say, Jesus Aguilar leads the majors in homers with 14. I don't care. On that note, we're going to end the show. I think that's a good way to end. (laughs) All right. Thanks again to uh, our producers, uh, of course, for doing a great job all week long. Brett, Danny, Ryan. Uh, thanks again to Gray Albright for coming on the show. Mike Taglieri. For my co-host, Joe Pizzapia, I'm Craig Mish. Hope you guys have a great weekend. We'll catch up with you again on Monday right here on Fantasy Sports Today on Sports Grid. See ya. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.